What's up, everybody? I'm UFC President Dana White. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Shigo Shot Evans. I am Fielder. This is Jimmy Manuel. Yo, baby, this is Burt Watson. That means it's time to roll, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Joining me, as ever, is the man with the plan... I'm not even going to start to spit bars because I just embarrassed myself. <laughs> I know you got flow, Mike. My diggy. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? How are you? You tell me. You know something? We touched on this the last time yeah. and only slightly. You, I- I'm surprised you have time to be recording with me. You hey, man. are the man who basically hasn't got enough hours in the day. <laughs> now, we touched on it the last time, but we didn't actually go into it. Yeah. You basically are... The the voice, the face of Sainsbury's right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> I keep hearing it every day, man. Someone talk it's so weird. But yeah, basically, uh I did a I did a song which um became uh the advert basically is the song for the advert of, yeah. of Sainsbury's new um campaign, which is the idea is food dancing, hashtag mm. food dancing. Mm-mm-mm. Um which is basically, you know, when you're in the kitchen, yeah, you got the radio on cooking up a little jerk chicken or something. You know yeah. what I mean? You're boogieing. You don't realise it, but you're food dancing. And um, yeah, I, I got hit up about, um, they asked me to do a track for them. Um, and uh, it was amongst a few others, but I think mine was one of the last submissions. Yeah. And then uh, lo and behold, they were like, yeah, this is we want to go with this. Then we had to just refine some of the lyrics, you know. I was saying stuff that they might have got sued for, like <laughs> I'm loving it or finger licking. So we just switched all of that stuff up. But man, they they kept it as as um you know close to the original as possible. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a crazy experience. And like you said, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and take it all in. But you know that's that's what life is about, man. Is just enjoy the journey rather than props to you, man. It's a strong look. I mean, Thanks, man. I know um, having uh, mixed and frequented. Uh, various venues with rappers that there is this kind of like stigma mm. where you actually do creep into the mainstream and the, the moment yeah. you do that it's like oh you sold out yeah, like, yeah, yeah. bruv bruv how much are you worth now definitely and yeah people are hating on the fact that you basically you know for want of a better word you, you've crossed over yeah. to uh, a mainstream genre a mainstream platform yeah. I mean what sort of feedback have you had yourself like from yeah. fans or um... I'll be honest like more so like it, you know I, I definitely sense there are people hating mm. or you know people that are kind of whether it be jealousy or but lo and behold none of them really there's not a really good reason to hate on it other than the fact that it's not you so most of the people that are probably hating it probably rap as well or are in music somehow, some way. Any any notable names? You're gonna you want to air I, them I, out. The thing is, none of that. Like, look, I'll tell you like this: Nicki Minaj, that class. <laughs> <laughs> Remy Ma, you heard that this yeah. track? Yeah, I heard it yesterday, man. She went in on her. Sheetha, I have to yeah, say. Sheetha. Now I th- love that. I know we're going for a tangent, but Nicki Minaj had no place, given that she has ghostwriters coming yeah. into the this genre yeah, no place yeah, at all yeah yeah so it's a bit it's a bit funny there but mm. yeah to say that like to be honest one somebody said this to me they said it's amazing that you spent five years you know bigging up the uk scene yeah doing the uk wrap-ups and have any and i haven't seen any of them congratulate you on on your you know doing the sainsbury's thing and i was yeah. like and then i went through my tweets i was like no but i'm sure i was like shit yeah 
Like, so it's kind of that thing where mm. there'll be a lot of people who are probably bigger than I am, you know, in the music world or whatever, that probably felt it should have been them doing it. Wow. So, yeah, but that, this is the world we're in, you know, where everyone's out for themselves, especially in the UK, there's a bit of a crabs in a bucket uh, mentality. And the, I've never really been part of it in, in that sense of like, oh, look what they're doing, that should be me. I've always just felt like, do you, like, do what I do, and eventually something will come out about it because... The way I see it, it's all about the quality as opposed to the quantity. Yeah, I've never needed to put out loads of free mixtapes and oh yeah, keep remembering me. I just all do, do a little wrap up once every year, and and then it got to the point where I was like, like we spoke about last time, where I was a bit sick of doing it. Where I was like, it's not really, I don't, it's not really something I follow. I don't follow like the whole um, UK kind of scene in the music world because I'm not into a lot of it. I'm more into underground music or I'm into, you know, I listen to mad Brazilian folk and, you know, stuff that inspires me. Cuban, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Cuban funk or whatever. And um, so every time I was doing a UK wrap up, I'd have to speak to people that I knew were kind of following it more, like my sister, you know, ask some of the guys who follow football, mm. oh, what was the big news this year, all that kind of stuff. And then it started feeling like people, I was getting more attention for something I did at the end of the year than the stuff that I felt like I was working harder on during the year. And then there was all the politics behind it where people, you know, people's managers, yo, let me, can I take you out for lunch? Yo, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, right, they want to manage me because, you know, I'm doing this thing that's creative. That But now it would be like, oh, so you know my guys have got blah, blah, blah coming up, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. I'm like, wow, you're doing this for me to big up your whatever your in the wrap-ups. Yeah, and mm. I started thinking, this is the wrong attention. This isn't the type of attention I wanted. I'd go to certain radio stations. I won't mention their names or nothing, like Kiss or One Extra. But <laughs> but I'd go there, and then they'd be like, yeah, we want you to perform the track, but you have to not say this or not say that. And, wow. You know, weird stuff where I was like, man, this isn't really... I'm not enjoying it like I used to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I but decided... But Charlie was always um, appreciative and always backing you. That's how it yeah, seemed was, on the surface. Was is the word that you should emphasize on. Because Really? Yeah, it, it got to a thing where it's like, okay, you do it with this person, you know, so say I do it with Charlie yeah. one year and then, you know, he gets mentioned in it or whatever, so maybe that's why he's all over it. And then the next year, you know, maybe he gets mentioned or maybe not, but if I didn't... I felt like if I didn't go to them exclusively with it, they're not then, yeah, they're not as interested. Right. And that's what I went to Mr. Jam and then, so Charlie wasn't on it as much. You know, mm, it was that mm, kind of thing. Mm, and then I did it with Ace and Viz and then they were kind of weird about, um, I think maybe not big in it. I can't remember, but it was all, you know, that type of politics where yeah. I'm not really into all of that. I just mm. want to make the music and enjoy it. I want people to enjoy it. I don't want all these egos to feel like they should be in control of it or, you know, that was where it started to get a bit weird and a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way, boring. And then on top of that, there are loads of people asking me about it all through the year when I might have just dropped my, you know, a new video of sort of a release of mine that's nothing to do with any rapper or anything. Mm -hmm. But then people in April, people, go, I can't wait till the end of the year to hear. <laughs> like, bruv, yeah, it's like February the 21st. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, uh, damn near New Year. So it started to make you feel like the years were going by quicker as well. Mm. So there were all these different reasons. I had a couple years rest and then lo and behold, I was like, man, let me do, do it about something that I'm really into. Like if I was mad into football, I'd probably start doing a, a you know a soccer wrap up. Yeah. Whatever. But I'm into MMA, and I know there are people into MMA that are into hip hop music, and it's a whole different audience than what would normally be listening to me anyway. So it probably makes more sense for me to do it, and I don't have to do as much research because I actually follow 
the the sport. You know, it's not as like oh. Obviously, I chat with you. I yeah. chat with my boy Rio. Yeah. You know, bits and bobs that were like, okay, what do we look at as highlights? And then obviously, the lower. I don't want it to be like a UFC wrap up, or you know, I want it to be an MMA wrap up. So try my best to include highlights from the lower, um, from the smaller organizations as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll just enjoy it way more. So you'll definitely get more of them. And then, lo and behold, I think the fact that I was able to do, you know, these wrap-ups, like, covering the whole year and just talking, like, a lot of people are like, how do you remember it? Or how do you even manage to m m turn this into a rhyme form or whatever? I think stuff like that helped for the agency to see and go, look, look this guy could probably do a food dancing oh, song. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it was, but they've obviously done a bit of research on me. Mm. So, uh, you know... When Sainsbury's came to me, I didn't even think I was writing it and going to be... I thought I was writing it and some granny's going to rap it or a, a dog. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I thought I was just ghostwriting it for someone. Yeah. Like, cool, I get a sync. But no, it was like, this is your tune, bruv. This is coming out on iTunes. Out on iTunes, by the way. Spotify as well. <laughs> Pluggity plug. Shameless plug there. Yeah, and, and we're doing a, vi a music video too. Mm. So, you know, the whole thing has just turned into way more than I even expected. And yeah, here we are, man. But, brother, I know that rappers aren't actually bigging you up but let me big you up no, it's a big it, look man. it's a strong look congratulations hard work pays off i know it's an old cliche but really and truly it's, it's true though, way overdue for you man mm. been a fan as you know for a long while yeah. so the way that i look at it is really and truly it's about time it's your time yeah no i appreciate that man really mm. appreciate that bro <laughs> definitely <laughs> so yeah more to come anyway man just stay tuned mother lovers follow me on uh twitter at my stiggy and uh, yeah, you you see the rest on there. But nice anyway, one. more importantly, we got quite a bit to cover this week, right? Yeah, which neatly segues into what this week's show's about. Basically, we're going to look at a little bit of general news, looking at um, Bama 28, which has just uh, gone this past weekend. Looking at Bellator London, now that that card is actually shaping up. Also, ACB Manchester, their stack card. We're going to take a quick canter through the runners and riders and at UFC London but finally heading off the show we're going to be looking at UFC 209 the main card runners and riders and Oof. the also runs in the prelim so you know without further ado we might as well just get into it straight away mm. so this week um, this weekend just gone what do we watch Bellator uh, stroke Bama, Bama tour, as Bama uh, tour, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, as, as the, the cool kids say I, I don't really like that Monica, yeah. I have to say, because they are two distinct brands. And I think as well as that, um, you know, you need to kind of like acknowledge the fact that really and truly we're talking about, uh, well, a, a, a co-promotion here. So they mm -hmm. both have their own um, brand identity. But that was obviously topped off by Norman Park versus Paul Redmond. But for me, I have to say, don't get me wrong, it was uh, a nice or a strong card. But... For me, I was more interested um, in Dominic Wooding versus Andy Young. Now, oh. I've been following Dominic Wooding for the longest time, from the time when he basically was an amateur. He yeah. was, you know, on shows like Warrior Fight Series. Now, for me, Dominic is a prospect. Basically, the way that he moves, the way that he actually fights, predominantly standing up, which uh, obviously if you've seen the result, you will know exactly what happened there when he was taken down to the ground. But his flow, his movement, basically his timing is impeccable. Mm. It was almost as though a lot of people do talk about um, big show jitters mm. and they talk about um, cage jitters. 
when you're moving from a small show, no disrespect to Warrior Fight Series, but it's not in terms of scale on the level of Bama. When you're moving from a Warrior Fight Series into the Bama Arena show that he actually participated in Belfast, totally different ball game, total different uh, aesthetics, totally different in terms of uh, the look, the feel, and totally different pressures as well bigger crowd and of course not only that is it a bigger car but there's a lot riding on the fact that he was going into that unbeaten so mm. to come to the cage and looking so crisp so professional so calm and so composed massive massive kudos to him wow. the way that i look at it is this it's very easy for a lot of fighters to um go through their records and say okay i'm unbeaten i'm four and oh i'm five and oh but he openly was issuing challenges to people, not wow. because out of disrespect, but because there was a lack of opponents out there who actually wanted to step up right. and actually fight him. So Andy Taz Young actually um, heard the call and took him on. Basically, um, it ended in him being choked out. But the way that I look at it is this. Who look, being choked out? Dominic Wooding. He is young in his career. Mm. The way that I look at it, his journey has just started. But what a promising journey that is. And let's not take anything away from the card. I'm just saying that, for me, Dominic Wooding was someone who I've been looking at, who I've been following, and who I was excited to see because mm. of where he's come from. And not only that, because of how humble he was being along the way. Mm. Okay, a lot of people might look at call-outs and say that isn't being humble. But as I keep trying to emphasise, it was because... He wasn't getting the uh, caliber of opponents staying on the cards that he was actually on previously because yeah. people would come and then they'd drop out mysteriously. Um, but one thing was constant was his will and his want to actually have consistently good opponents put in front of him. So big up to uh, Dominic Wooden. I hope, you know, um, he does actually bounce back stronger. I'm really looking forward to seeing his, uh, his his next outing on, on the actual... Yeah, um, well, that's what I was going to ask. Is it fair? Because looking at, you know, his record, you know, before the fight, obviously, was 3-0. and mm. And then um, Andy's record was 10-8. and That's what so, I'm talking about, you know, calling out calibre opponents. Yeah. To be fair, he did actually issue it to every and any flyweight. He said, wow. look, come all, come one, come all. And Andy Taz Young was the first one to say, yep, yeah, okay, I'm there. Yeah. Because obviously he could see, you know, where he could probably take an advantage. Yeah. Um, and But that's the thing. So I, I, what I wanted to ask is, is it fair that they put on these sorts of fights where you've got someone with a record that low compared, you know, the experience level is quite drastic there. You know something, as we've seen time and time again, anything can happen in MMA. Mm. I mean, a case in point, Joe McColgan, he's known as the SBG hunter. He actually took out Peter Queeley by unanimous decision. Now, when you look at his record, when you look at the fact that he's only had three fights, you'd expect a more experienced fighter like Peter Queeley to actually take him out. So that's what I'm saying. We've seen time and time again. I'm just saying a yeah. recent example, that being um, Joe McColgan, who actually went in there with a record which was, when you look at it on paper, not as stellar as Peter Queeley. And he took him out. I mean, he's known as the, the SBG hunter uh, because he doesn't actually back down from the, the big fights. And I think that's what MMA should be all about. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I guess it's just to do with um, whether it's fair or not. Because to me, you know, seeing Dominic's um, record, his record mm. means that, you know, he's just left the amateur 
realm. You know what I mean? He's he's had a f- I don't know how many amateur fights he's had, but he's still up and coming in terms of professional. Yeah. So then when you put him up against somebody that's had like 18 fights, you know, 15 more fights than him, mm. it kind of feels a bit unfair. But like you're saying, if the guy's calling everybody out, exactly. then all right, you know, you've called him out. So mm. you te- But now, nah, hopefully he learns from this and, and moves on. So to bigger and better things you always like they say you don't you don't lose you learn right so exactly yeah exactly now another standout fight i have to say on the bama 28 card was ronnie mann versus uh damien lapalus oh, i have man. to say that that was a little bit of a of a shock um decision i mean obviously it ended in a unanimous decision in favor of damien lapalus who now has the title but for me on paper and having seen the previous caliber of ronnie man i was expecting it to be a well one-sided affair and it certainly wasn't i have to say you know credit to damien lapalus for stepping up his game because he looked absolutely incredible in there wow he's not that's lapalus is nothing to do with the french guy is he the french that's his brother that is his brother yeah. twin all oh, right yeah. nice man Wow, so he dominated, or how did it? I I would say it was more, it was more of a of a domination than I expected. Now, in terms of caliber, I would rank Ronnie Mann definitely way above Damien Lapalus, and it was wow. a, a a surprise, and it was a shock when he actually walked away with the victory. And for a a, a a lot of people, I have to say um, that there was there was a, a certain disappointment. Um, but you know, again, Ronnie Mann will be back. Ronnie Mann is as Ronnie Mann does, and that is he dusts himself off, and he'll he'll come back. The Iron Man will return. Mm. But the final one I just wanted to to mention was um, Norman Park versus Paul Redman. Now, a lot of people was actually billing this as uh, as as Northern Ireland versus um, Southern Ireland. Now, the way that I look at it, no, let's just just bin that talk. Yeah. It, this to me is two high caliber opponents actually going up against each other. That's why it was a big fight for me. Mm. But um, in terms of what we actually saw on the night, I was not surprised that Norman Park actually took the decision. A lot of people, um, well, were saying online afterwards that it was definitely Paul Redmond's fight. But mm. now, nah, for me, quite clearly, Norman Park. And I think in the coming weeks, we're going to see uh, a, 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 a nice little uh, fight announcement for uh, Norman Park. Norman I'll just Park, put yeah. that out there oh, and uh, just uh, keep your eyes on Woe TV for that exclusive announcement. Yeah, that's the grapevine right there, boy. If you want to hear it through the grapevine, it's Woe TV, mother lovers. Um, and on that card, so they, they, it was, like you said, it was a cross-promotion with um, Bama and, and Bellator. Bellator. Yeah. Um, so I caught the Bellator side of the card, um, and I think it kicked off. From what I remember, it kicked off with um, the Freak Show versus uh, Alex the Kid. I thought Shay Walsh was before Ooh, yeah. that. No, I, I, am I getting my? Because I didn't actually see the card. Because again, uh, this I have to say I was annoyed at. It's 2017. Yeah. How can you have a promotion, a mixed martial arts promotion, on tape delay? Now. Yeah. I didn't actually uh, in, in invest in this at all because it, for me it was spoiled because I actually saw um, uh, the results actually happening online on the night. Mm. But there's two things. I mean, before I seek segue uh, into Bellator uh, 173, I have to say it was annoying that Bama again in 2017 their uh, 
main card portion was actually tape delayed. So two hours or an hour or so oh. later. Yeah. Two hours later, it was actually on Spike TV. Now, the prelims were actually aired. I think it was on Unilad or one of those lad sites. Um, it was live streamed. Wicked. Brilliant. Good idea. But then to have a two hour delay yeah, and to have it. Weird. I had to actually switch off Twitter because I, I was really interested, obviously, in seeing um, what was going to be the outcome of the main card fights. Mm. But come on, guys, sort it out. Yeah, Tape delay is not the one. That is a bit strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they do that if everything else was live anyway. Mm. But I guess, uh, you know, when it there's one thing being online, but then going on to TV network, you know, we don't know what goes on there. So maybe that's... You're right, but... That should be your bargaining chip when you're actually putting together these deals. Now, okay, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know whether it's to do with timing. I don't know whether it's to do with time slots or what the available time slots were. Mm. But you sort that out way in advance of actually booking the venue, booking the fights. Because these dark fights, okay, they weren't dark because you could actually see them um, two hours later. Mm. But I call them dark fights because they're actually happening in real time on Twitter, you're getting the results. (laughs) And that's why it's so frustrating that you kind of have to revert to switching off social media so you don't actually have any spoilers. And that's why I was annoyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can get that, definitely. Mm. Um, I didn't get to catch the card um, until a bit late. I think it was on Sunday. Um, But yeah, from what I saw, they they kicked it off with the um, Fletcher fight um, in terms of Bellator um, versus, what's his name, Lahore? Alex Alex Lahore. Lahore, um, a French guy. Um, but yeah, I think he lives in the UK because he yeah, sounded yeah, yeah. quite UK. But yeah, yeah. Um, he does he said everything in French, um, and yeah, that it was surprising to see because it felt like uh, Fletcher had it at first with the reach, and they they were there was a lot more striking going on. It seemed to be more of a Muay Thai battle, but then I think he caught Lahore or Lahore. He caught him, and so you you know it looked like okay, Fletcher's got this, but then. It flipped, the tables turned, and uh, he actually got tapped out, rear naked choke. He tapped really quick as well. I I don't know whether he was already hurt. Well, Um, again, you know, I didn't actually uh, see the entire fight. I saw mm, clips and snippets of that. But I'm surprised that he tapped so quickly because of his um, jiu-jitsu caliber. Mm. He's not like a Johnny come lately to Mm. jiu-jitsu. He's someone who's obviously been doing it quite a while. He's good on the ground as well as standing up. I would say more, to be honest with you, his strengths do lie in, in Muay Thai and the stand-up, but um, yeah, that's a big a scalp, I have to say, for Lahore. Yeah, and he, I, I think with um, with the freak show, he just seems a little bit um, tentative, but also just maybe a little bit slower as well. I couldn't, yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether he just needed a bit more time to warm up or whatever, but it just seemed like he wasn't, Pulling the trigger fast enough, mm. so he yeah, and considering you got that sort of reach as well, you'd think he'd use that to his advantage. But I don't know. It, it was a shame to see him lose like that. But I mean, Lahore definitely, um, yeah, that is a good little strike on his on his uh, jacket there. Oh, man, definitely. So. I think um, if my sources are correct, if if this actually went down, he's actually called out his his next opponent, and I, I believe that to be Nathan Jones. Um, I think there's a little bit of history between those two. They've okay. been uh, going backwards and forth for a while. So uh, Nathan Jones, it looks as though that will be his next opponent. Wow, okay. That's interesting. Mm. That's good. That I, I really like the idea of these fighters like now just, yeah, I know who I want next. I'm going to say it straight away as opposed to 
Oh, whoever they whoever they give me, I don't care. I'll that is anybody. my pet hate. I really <laughs> despise <laughs> when the fighter gets the opportunity of the mic in front of him, the TV in front of him. Yeah. You've got a captive audience there. Yeah. Your opponents, possible opponents, are watching. Yeah. And then you revert to the whole, anyone who the promotion puts in front of me. I'm a, I'm a company really. guy, you know, whatever. They, <laughs> they, they, they. I, I, wow. To be, you know, to be fair, like, after you've just had a fight, for somebody, a lot of the, there's a lot of fighters I speak to that don't really watch MMA as much as you think they do. Mm. You know, they watch, they might watch a bit of tape on who their next opponent is or whatever. So sometimes I feel like they probably don't even know who's out there that they should be fighting. But I feel like the the ones that are smart, the ones that are on point with it, yeah, they they're watching like, yo, who's okay. So if I'm trying to jump up in the ranks, who's in the top ten? Who's in the top fifteen mm. or whatever? Who should who who makes sense for me to beat? Who can I beat? Who do I want to test myself against? Yeah. And then you've got that in your head. You know, like, we'll go back to the guy, Derek Lewis. Mm. He knows what he's doing when it mm. comes to that. Straight away, he's like, yeah, I want to fight so-and-so. Yep, I want to, you know. And that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do is just have one name or one or two names that you're like, okay, I think I can beat these guys or I think I want to test myself in it against these guys. Exactly. And this is going to push me up higher in the ranks and mention that name. But when they come out, like you said, and just say, <laughs> whoever, it, it kind of just seems like, you haven't got a personality because of that. And that might not be the case. It might be just that you didn't really think about what you're going to say once you've won. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it just yeah. messes up your personality because of that. Not only does it mess up your personality, I think it messes up your ambition. You are striving to be the best of the best. You are striving to, uh, where rankings um, are applicable, get up the rankings. Mm. By saying you'll fight, the next person in front of you doesn't show any marketing nous yeah. or savvy or ambition in yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, man. Definitely. Right, so moving on to the Bama card. Uh, sorry, the Bellator card. See, we're, this cross-promotion thing is already <laughs> messing us up. <laughs> they, um, uh, we watched uh, Sinead Kavanagh. Um, she's an SBG fighter. Well, SBG fighter, SBG fighter yeah. Um, she's 4-0. and Well, she was 4-0. and and then she she faced um, a girl from Madagascar. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna try to say the name. Don't laugh. Ioni Razafierison, and she was actually one one and one, you know, going in. So and she was a lot smaller as well. I think she weighed in at something like one thirty five, right? Where Sinead weighed in at one forty one or something. And this was meant to be a featherweight fight. Mm. So I don't know how that worked out, but anyway. So you could see there was a quite a size ad, uh, advantage, um, you know, in, on the SBG side. But started out on, on the feet, obviously, um, striking. And um, Sinead caught Ioni pretty well. But then Ioni went straight to the takedown. And um, from then, that was kind of the story of the fight. It was, it was really? like, okay, yeah, she, she just went for takedowns throughout um, um, round two and round three. Um, ground a pound and um, yeah she basically beat Sinead that way mm. um, so Sinead is now not unbeaten but um, I'm sure she's going to learn from that but it, it kind of it did show that she's got a big weakness on the ground when a, a smaller girl took her down and was more or less keeping her there you know they got up a couple times but even when the ref stood them up she took her back down again mm. at some point and um, frustrated her um, so she did really well I'll be interested to see you know this this Ioni girl Fight some more, cause she she had some fire in her, man. Oh, okay, for a little girl from Madagascar, man, it's very impressive. <laughs> um, and then we had, yeah, we had another SBG fighter, and this guy's, you know, you you can't help but make the comparisons with uh, 
O'Connor with this dude because he's, he's got the team behind him, man. Like, I've been hearing about, you know, him fighting, uh, maybe being, you know, second or third on the card. And then, especially when they're in Ireland, everyone watching. And then once he's gone, everyone in the crowd's gone as well, you know. You're, you're of course, talking about James Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah, man. This guy's he's, uh, he's got some fire in him. Um, oh, definitely got some fire. I remember... Um, making the Connor uh, comparison mm. and he quite rightly uh, this was uh, this was a previous press conference which took place in London and mm. I stood up and uh, made the Connor comparison probably not for the first time that you'd heard uh, that yeah. and he quite rightly put me in my place wow now the way that I look at it is this <laughs> he must get this often it must be hard especially coming from SBG where you have uh, attributes which are slightly slimmer similar to not be compared to Conor McGregor. So, you know, in hindsight, I have to say, if I had actually um, uh, thought more about the question before I'd asked it, I wouldn't have asked it. Mm. Because I think I've just answered it for myself just there in that it's very easy to compare every and anybody to Conor because the attributes that we see now, we now compare them to Conor. Is he calling them out? like Connor mm. is he um, moving like that Connor part, yeah. is he flashy like Connor do you know what I mean yeah, it's like yeah, that's yeah. a very very easy comparison to make but I think what he's shown or what he's showing very very quickly mm. he's very quick to be his own man he's very quick yeah. to distance himself from those comparisons mm. but more importantly he's on a different path now he's in Bellator at the moment mm. and the way that I look at it is so far so good and he's doing all the right things mm. and he has all the right attributes that I like. I'm talking about somebody who's quite vocal. Mm. I'm talking about somebody who calls people out. But more importantly, uh, he backs up his talk. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, in this fight, he, so he was fighting um, a guy from uh, Israel, Kirill Medovsky. Right. Medodovsky. Mm. Um, and this guy came into the fight seven and three. Um, so, you know, you'd obviously, like we were talking about earlier, you'd, you'd expect that he's got more experience. On paper. On paper, but mm. man, you know, and Gallagher's a, a, a known as a, a grappler. Like, he's, he was, you know, um, very well known for being like a, a young guy that had, you know, adult skills, like a kid with adult skills in, oh, terms, definitely. Of, in, terms, of, in terms of being on the ground. This was a striking match. He won with strikes. The, the thing is this, I would say that he is very adaptable. He is very able on the ground and on the feet, uh, in my eyes. And I think it's because he's coming from SBG. Mm. There's one thing that is a constant in SBG in that they're under the tutelage of John Kavanagh and he leaves no stone unturned. He's not going to push you into one avenue. You're going to be Mr. Striker. No, you are going to be a well-rounded fighter. And I think as well, there's a certain mentality that comes with being in SBG, and he definitely displays yeah, that yeah, both yeah, on the ground sure. and on the feet. Confident, mm. like the confident level, the confidence level was ridiculous. You know, no negativity guy. is allowed. Nah, nah. and and you can tell that he's he he loves what he's doing. You know, he went. Uh, to be honest, I don't know whether the Kirill guy was ready or not. He seemed like he wanted to say something after um, when Jimmy Smith um, interviewed James. Just or just before he interviewed him, yeah, Kiro, he was like, "Oh, I want to say something," and that. So maybe he was injured, or I don't know, but he just didn't look like he was in there to fight. Mm. I, I can't, I can't remember if he actually threw any punches or kicks, to be honest. Um, but he took a lot and then dropped when he couldn't handle any more. So it was a bit of a, you know, uh, if someone said, 
oh that fight was fixed I, I, I wouldn't be like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it, it was just weird. It was, well, no, I, I, I have don't to say, think it was fixed. I, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Mm. But the one thing I would say is this, again, is a constant with SBG. Mm. They talk the talk and walk the talk. Mm. One thing I would say about um, James Gallagher in the run up to this, mm. he was being outwardly confident both in his words and his, in his action. When you saw uh, the pre fight interviews, Mm. there is a certain conviction that you yeah. can see in his face there's a certain conviction you can hear in his mm. words again it's the SBG way see. and that will sap your confidence as a fighter watching that yeah, and actually realising that when you get in the cage with someone they're about that life yeah yeah. I guess and even you know when it was the, the fight was being uh, announced when the ref was in there with them he was doing the yeah, you know saying whatever he was saying I don't yeah. know what he was saying but he wasn't listening to, to uh, uh, whatever the ref was telling him. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like maybe that was what got into um, the other guy's head. But, you know, I, I want definitely want to see more of James Gallagher because he's an interesting guy. Uh, and it's so cool that he's that young as well. He's only 20, mm-hmm. but he's already that confident. Well, you can see, again, being somebody who isn't uh, afraid to actually call people's names. Yeah. He has got his sight set on AJ McKee. Now, yeah, yeah, AJ yeah, McKee, yeah. they seem to be like a back and forth or back and forth going yeah. uh, already, which is fantastic. If they can get that on the London card, Ooh. oh, my man. Yeah, that would be crazy. I'm going to spud see, I like the way you when I see because, him. Yeah, I like the way you talk because that would be perfect. Mm. Like, to get him on the London card, against AJ McKee, I think that that will continue to make that a strong card, you know? But again, I'd be very surprised if they do place him on the London card because, again, speaking um, to Scott Coker mm. in the exclusive interview, which Bridget, is available Bridget on wotv.com, Bridget Scott Coker said to me that um, they're looking at other markets for um, James Gallagher. He is an international, or potentially yeah. international star. So why keep him in this territory? And uh, the, the, the feeling and the impression and what Scott said on the day, Scott Coke said on the day, was that it's likely or uh, it's less than likely that he'll be on the London card. But was who knows? That before the card? That was before the card? That was before um, Bellator 173. So when he won, mm. he immediately called out AJ McGee and yeah. said London, um, you know, on that day, is it May... 19th, I yeah, think May it is. 19th. Yeah. He immediately said that. So, mm. and there was an uproar, you know, there's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. noise. So, uh, you know, uh, the thing is, if the fans want it, why not give it to them, you know? And he feels ready. He didn't get touched at all mm. in that fight. So I'm sure that, you know, minor niggles or whatever, but otherwise, I'm sure he's ready to fight again. But you see, where would you place him on the card, though? Because they've already got their co main event. And for me, James Gallagher is a co main main event fighter that's the way that I look at him he's not someone that you could actually bury on the main card or even on the prelims no way his rise has been stratospheric and I think that he should be given the placement to actually match that trajectory so his AJ has he McGee has he um, headlined any cards yet I'm not sure I'd have to actually I feel because of that Mm. that you know they they could be you know just one below the co-main or something like that. Yeah. Or even start the main card, you know, if you want to start off with something really big. But I feel like it, it, it could work with, with them too. And then from then on, whoever the winner is could probably become, you know, a, ma- a main event off the back of that. Because mm. he's still, you know, remember, well, now he's 6-0. So he's still, you know, still up and coming. 
in terms um, of the oh yeah but I, I'm talking about the trajectory so far has been sharp mm. and the way that I look at it to match that trajectory the next thing would be either to continue the co-main status mm. or be main event for James Gallagher but so and the only thing I'm thinking about is like so so Coca's saying yeah we want to take him worldwide we want to yeah. take him to other but at the moment he's where he's you know potentially a main event sort of fighter is in Ireland or possibly in the in the UK in London I should say yeah or um, yeah or England but so that for me I still feel like maybe he's got one or two more fights before oh, before can, that you know especially on a sort of worldwide level mm-hmm. you know I don't think yet they'd take him to um, somewhere in America and he'd have that you know like slight Connor effect of all the Irish people rushing there I think he's still got a build maybe, on that yeah and especially someone like AJ McGee who's who's getting a, a name as well mm-hmm. is some something where okay let's see how these two do now that they're at this level yeah, yeah I yeah. think McGee's got a few more fights than him hasn't he I think or are they around the same well, when you say he's got oh, in terms of record um, yeah, in terms a- of record. Again, I'd have, to, I'd have to look that one up. Yeah, I can't remember friend. either, but I, I think it definitely would be an interesting matchup because it's two up-and-coming like fighters that are making a name for themselves mm. and being really dominant in all their fights. Not only well. are they du- duly dominant, but they are equally as verbose as each other. So we're yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, two yeah, exactly. talkers. The trash talk yeah, will man. be incredible. Yeah, in, in that sense, I, I see what you're saying mm. about being a main event. Yeah. And... um. I mean, yeah, it could possibly it could happen in America because of McKee, and obviously there's loads of Irish in America anyway. Yeah. But then it could also happen um, somewhere in the UK or in Ireland. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at it being on the London card, <laughs> especially because I want to attend that one. So <laughs> that'll be cool to see. Um, and then we got to the so we'll just get through this um, the main event, man, which was Liam McGeary. Mm. against who was it in the end it was Brett, uh, McDermott. Brett McDermott he man. had a couple of changes yeah, I mean it was originally guy, Chris Field and then the um, uh, pretend Flipovic I can't remember his name because it, it had Flipovic in it Crazy. and it, that's, that's what really grabbed me and then it ended up as Brett, Brett McDermott, McDermott who'd actually retired and actually come back yeah. for this now it must have been an enticing payday to actually come out of retirement yeah, true. to be busted up yeah, by Liam McGeary. Yeah, family business. I think uh, coal, something to do with coal working, coal mining or something like that. So he went back to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, came back to uh, to have, I guess, one more fight. Maybe if he'd have won, it might be more than one. But, um, yeah, he didn't win. <laughs> uh, McGeary, McGeary did well. He did He did drop McGeary. Um I remember he clipped him pretty well, and um, but then it just seemed like what McGeary knew was that this guy's only had a few days' notice to get this fight. So yeah. as long as I can keep him moving and keep him, you know, eventually I get him. And, and then McGeary dealt with him. I think it was round two. But that's um, a worry that he is now going into a fight with um, Linton Vassell, mm, who is no joke. But to that. get clipped, yeah, to get mm. clipped by somebody who is making a return yeah. after being retired yeah. uh, on such short notice, that's a little bit of a worry. Yeah, I, I think part of it was maybe McGeary just wanted to try and get it done, you know, get it over with. And quickly. Get it done quickly. Yeah. And so, and forgetting that Brett does have quite a bit of experience as well. And mm. he's got a tough chin. Like, But in the end, he caught him with a really... It was a right knee that, you know, crushed his nose, basically. It, that's what it looked like. And um, then um, 
he caught him. I think it was a left hook or something that had cut. He got a big cut on his eye. Right. Um, Brett McDermott got a cut on his eye, and then it was a doctor stoppage. You know, so he beat him basically because I don't think he was gonna gonna come back from that. But um, I, I do feel like McGeary just felt was a bit frustrated. You know, who am I fighting? Okay, I'm fighting this. Is it definitely gonna be this guy? You know, then you get in and you're like, look, I just want. I just want to mess this dude up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't even know who I was fighting until two days ago. And you know what? I ain't going to let this guy beat me. Uh, and he want, you could tell he's hungry to get that belt back. Um, it was a lot of talk about, because he, he injured his knee before the um, Davis fight, before he lost his title for oh, Davis. Right. Yeah. Um, and then so his thing was obviously recovery. And then he, he felt like he he probably trained a bit too hard. He was in the gym like three or four times a day. And it was five times a day. Yeah, it's a ridiculous <laughs> amount, you know. Yeah. And then once he got to the... And that's I think people forget that, look, you're only human. Regardless of like how much you got in your gas tank or, you know, your recovery time or whatever, you are only human. And if you overtrain, you're gonna, your body's going to tell you. Mm. And then once you get into the cage, if you haven't had a decent amount of rest... You know, you're gonna feel it, and you're gonna realize like what. And then imagine what that does to your mindset. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, but so they announced um, Linton Vassell versus Liam McGeary. Uh, that's gonna be interesting. Two UK guys mm. going at it. Uh, you know, I still like we were talking about in the last podcast about. Um, you know, I wasn't too happy about hearing MVP versus uh, Daily. Paul Daly. Yeah, because I felt a bit like you know, it would be much cooler for a belt or something like that. This I'm not as mad about because it, it is like two guys that are definitely, you know, in the run for getting that title shot. Yeah. Geary especially being that he was a former title holder. And then um, Vassell, who's just stepped his game up, like, you know, a lot in the last couple fights. So I'm interested in seeing that. It, sure. It's funny you mentioned, you know, the Vassell and McGeary um, matchup and also uh, Daly uh, possibly uh, in the future mm. um, matching up against uh, Michael Venom Page because that neatly segues into uh, what well, what is going to be our discussion now around yes, um, Bellator there. London, okay. which is, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> nice little segue. Bellator 179 mm. creeps around May 19th. And it's at the SSE uh, Arena, London. Now, it's headlined now by, um, or it's headlined by Paul Daly versus Rory McDonald, right, which is so. a cracking matchup, I have to say. Yeah. Absolutely stellar. Well done, Bell- Bellator, in terms of making sure that uh, we're looked after in terms of um, a, a main event here. But, okay, okay, Derek Anderson versus um, Michael Venom Page, I don't hate. I don't hate that nah. at all, but I have to say, you know, because of the last time that we spoke about this on the last podcast, I was fanning the flames of that whole campaign by MVP yeah. to actually get Paul Daly. I loved his ingenuity. It, I loved the bars. Did you hear the track? Yeah, I didn't even know he had bars. <laughs> yeah. He kept that quiet, man. Mm. I didn't know he had a flow like that. It was a steady campaign. Every yeah. single day there was something, there was some meme or there was some graphic or there's some video yeah. or even, like I say, a track, an actual musical yeah. Track he actually yeah. cut together to yeah, get Paula's attention. Yeah. Loved it. Um, but I think now this makes more sense to me because I think Derek Anderson's a really good fighter. I did mention him, it was Derek Anderson and um another I can't remember the guy's name, but they had a really good fight on a, one a couple Bellator cards ago. Right. And um 
he's now stepping up to welterweight from yeah. lightweight, which is a little bit of a worry, to be honest with you. Um, in a sense, I, I feel like because of that, you know, it's just the, the whole weight cut, you know, it's a, le- a, it's a lot less stress, mm-hmm. you know, on the body. So some, like, okay, a perfect example is like Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. You know, or even Cerrone, you know, lo and behold, he lost. But mm. man, you know, you could see that, that not having to cut weight makes quite a difference on how they feel when it comes to fight night. Yeah, but in terms of efficiency, in terms of leanness and in mm. terms of cardio, yeah. um, because you're carrying a little bit more, what fighters have told true. me, it does have a detrimental effect yeah. on uh, your yeah. gas tank. I think definitely um, you, you can't get too, ex- you know, carried away with, the fact that you don't have to cut as much weight. Mm. And I think that's what happens is, oh man, I'm just going to eat this. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> Conor McGregor with the steaks. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you saw what happened there. It's mm. like, whoa, where he's cardio. He just disappeared. Or he's like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Round two or whatever <laughs> minutes. You're like, whoa, what happened? His face, you could see it all. So I think the mistake that a lot of them do make is um, kind of not, like they they forget that it's still important to have decent amount of nutrition so yeah. that your your body is you know is producing the right amount of um, energy you know that you need when it comes to being in the fight. But I, I think for sure, um, in terms of like um, the caliber that um, Page MVP needs to MVP needs to face, Derek Anderson is, is a good a good level um, in terms of his striking is decent. Um, I've already heard it online. People just won't be satisfied until maybe he fights God. Yeah, because it's true. every single name that's put in front of him, oh, it's not good enough. Yeah, uh, uh, w- 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 he's a veteran. Oh, well, he's passed it. Uh, well, you know, you got this nice up and coming striker. Oh, he's he's he's, he's not a name. Mm. There's always some excuse that people are actually leveling at Michael Page's opponents, and I just don't get it. It's weird. Um, his his last his last fight with uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, Gonzalez. I felt like that uh, was a bit of a stinker. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. It, it wasn't his best. No, nah, it wasn't his best. But mm. for, in terms of, uh, and obviously Gonzalez definitely wasn't his best. Yeah. But he did expose the fact that if you don't allow um, MVP to be the counter fighter that he is, the counter yeah. striker that he is, mm. he he might get lost. You might be able to frustrate him. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever seen him look like he might be gassed. Um, the first time I've seen him sweat that much. Mm. Um, the first time I've seen him kind of, he didn't have as many dance steps. And, you know, it was like, whoa, Venom's, he's kind of, you know, he got exposed there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like now fighters are going to see more and more, like, you know, we saw Rory McDonald in the crowd and that look he gave the camera, <laughs> you know, was like, yeah, i got this guy's number. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, that's what it felt like. Mm. And so I think Derek being, he's, he's he's definitely got a few fights on him. He's got 17 fights, 14 and three. So he's got experience. Um, he's, you know, there's not a massive sort of, uh, I, I think, well, maybe their reach might be a bit different. The reach isn't on here, but um, Venom is 6'3". He's, he's um, six foot. Derek Anderson, six foot. Mm. So it's not a massive difference in terms of the size and whatnot. But it's just down to whether MVP is going to come in as the MVP that everybody knows him as, or is he going to be wary again? Like, I feel like he was a bit wary with Gonzalez because this guy had a lot more experience. Yeah. And obviously he, he's stronger in sort of the wrestling Mm-mm. side of things. And I also felt maybe he, he didn't see himself in there. And maybe it was because. There were fake. There were names and faces there. Rory McDonald, you know, 
I, I believe was Daly there. There were a few people it felt like maybe he was a bit wary about them watching as well. And, yeah. Right, I've got to perform here. And then, you know, that can be a bit of pressure, man. Like, So I, I, I'm interested in seeing this one regardless. Mm. Obviously, also on the card is um, Liam McGeary and Linton Vassell. But uh, um, again, if you've been... Uh, watching or even uh, visiting Woe TV, you would have noticed that we put up an exclusive uh, reveal last night, which is basically Neil Grove has been targeted to actually appear on the card. He's That's not got an opponent as yet. Okay. Being a heavyweight fighter, I think they're, you know, they, they, they're obviously going to look at uh, a certain caliber of fighter mm. for him. But, um, well, there's two things. One, I love Neil. Neil uh, and I go back in that he used to present on Woe TV as oh, wow. well as um, obviously, you know, being a, a Bellator veteran. But there's just something in me that says when you retire, you stay retired. Now, he came out of retirement last year and came up short against um, uh, Mulhern. And the way that I look at it is this. It was nice to see him come back, but it was also nice to see him hanging hanging the gloves up. Now, coming back, I can understand that he does obviously have history with Bellator. He does obviously uh, love fighting, and you know, to hang up the gloves isn't the easiest of things to do, especially when you're doing that on a loss. I'm just hoping that this time he comes back, emphatic win, and that's it. Hangs the gloves up. Is that because of his age or... Well, he's 46, 45 now. Yeah. And I think that there is definitely a shelf life when you're a mixed martial artist. I mean, the people who are actually at their peak um, are telling me now that they're finding it hard going. I'm speaking to people like Brad Pickett, who is going to hang his gloves up. And he, that's one of the reasons why he said he wanted to hang his gloves up. He wants to hang it up on his terms. He has recognised that to keep up with people, um, especially the new breed, isn't within his gift anymore. So that's the time to actually call it a day. But more importantly, it's doing it on your terms. It's doing it without the promotion saying, "Okay, time, that's your lot, mate. Come on, come on. You've clearly had enough. He's doing it on his terms. And that's... I think going out with dignity. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, and I guess with the heavyweights, they could, they've got a bit of a longer lifespan. So in terms of um, mixed martial arts, yeah, the heavyweights seem to retire a bit later than the. Well, lower. yeah, I suppose if you're looking at you know people like Randy Couture um, yeah. stayed in again. To be honest with you, a lot longer than he should have. Mm. If you ask me, there is. I know it's going to sound really ageist being a forty and plus man, but when you reach the 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 the, the forty. Um, uh, benchmark yeah. 40 age bracket you should have hung them up by now yeah in my humble opinion mm. yeah I, well I'm sure Mark Hunt begs to differ but <laughs> <laughs> we'll so yeah the main card on that Bellator is Rory McDonald versus Paul Daly I'm definitely not mad at that I feel like it's it makes more sense being that Rory um, was uh, you know um he fought, didn't he fight for the title in UFC? It was the title. Roy McDonald. Yeah, did he? Or? No, he probably didn't. But, you know, he was up there. He was on mm. his way. You know, definitely a high caliber fighter. Um, I feel like more experienced than um, MVP. So I'd like MVP to get a little bit more experience before he faces Paul Daly, who is, look, 39, 14, and 2. Mm. Come on, man. Somebody with over 50 fights. You know, <laughs> I think. 
yeah, I, I think MVP should have a couple more just to just to get prepared and whatnot. And I'm not saying he can't beat him, but I just feel like I'd rather see them two fight for a title. That's all I've got to say on that. But Rory McDonald coming into Bellator now, finally getting a fight um, booked. Uh, it's going to be in, in London as well. So I think it's gonna it's definitely going to help the brand of Bellator. Um, and I feel like it's going to be quite a barn burner. Um, hopefully Rory doesn't GSP daily, you know, like he doesn't just jab, jab, take down, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. I don't he, think he will. Well, um, well, I'm worried. I'll tell you why. Because Rory is coming off some yeah. serious invasive yeah. surgery to do with his nose. nose yeah. You're going in with a specialist KO merchant like someone like uh, Paul Daly. Yeah. You're going to get hit in your face. Like, I feel like Daly, he's, you know, like a slight, he's got a cyborg eye that the target is just aiming for that nose. Of course it is. You know what of I mean? Of course and it so is. Maximum Rory, carnage, maximum damage yeah, to that Rory's nose. Yeah, shown that, and maybe in his last two fights, definitely the Wonderboy one, where he started doing that weird elbow up guard, yeah. you know, where it's yeah. like, my nose is messed up, dog, <laughs> yeah. please don't hit me there. Yeah. And it happened again before. Mm. And then he's talked about the fact that he may have come back too soon regarding his nose healing up. Yeah. He's done he's doing it again right now. Cause he wasn't actually gonna fight until later on um this year. But now he's coming back earlier than he said he would. Yeah. To face someone who's more likely gonna go for that nose. So it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, uh it's gonna be a really interesting fight. Um, but yeah, made the best man win. Mm. Going back to your earlier point, yeah, um, he did. Uh, this is Rory McDonald. He did actually um, challenge for the oh, yeah. welterweight championship um, when he fought Robbie Lawler. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which oh, he lost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and man, that was like no smash city. There you go. That was like where we saw it explode. Mm. Like mm. he actually stopped fighting because of that. Yeah, you know, like he he was like, no, nah, I'm done, and just dropped yeah. to the ground. So. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of a scary one, man. When you, and you're even looking at his nose now, you're like, man, is it is it prepared yet? <laughs> you know, you know something. We'll you know something. When I was speaking to him, because they had the uh, press day for Bellator, and oh, yeah. he flew him over, and um, you know, they had their whole um, presser on it mm. on the forthcoming fight. I couldn't help but keep looking at his nose, yeah. and it looked. I have to say, it did look fragile. Yeah, it looked man. it looked fragile just just because I know what carnage has actually yeah. been um, dealt upon it before. Yeah. Plus, when I was speaking to him, I said, "You know what, Rory, man to man, I want you to look me in the eye right now and tell me that it's, you're going to keep it standing." He said, "Hell no, no way." Yeah, and okay. the, the 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 quickness of actually responding, wow. "Hell no, it's not going to be a stand up battle," makes me think, yeah. "Come on, he's already thinking." It's not going to be Carnage City for my nose again. I'm going to be yeah. taking you down to the ground. And he even said it. I even went out there with a headline. I led with that video, which said, um, I will take Daly down and I will beat him on the ground there. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame it. It's a mixed martial arts fight, so mm. you cannot blame him for that. Like, regardless of how much we want to see um, Rock'em Suck'em or we want to see technical striking involved, um, the guy has got a nose that's known to explode every now and again and I'm sure he doesn't want he's coming back earlier than he said he would and I'm sure he doesn't want that to happen so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see but boy and I think now Daly having the amount of fights he's had since his return um, to MMA now he's he's loosened up and he's back in that you know you're, you're getting the Paul Daly that you, yeah. you remembered so mm. um, yeah that should be interesting man definitely now 
neatly segueing for uh, just to pick up one of the phrases you said just a while ago, coming back uh, earlier than we thought. Now, we've more or less just seen a Cage Warriors card, but they're yeah. now, you know, uh, a couple of weekends ago and they're now back in Ireland this uh, this coming weekend. They're not playing say, games, man. Yeah, I, 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 I don't blame them. They basically had a hiatus. They've come back and they're not making any bones about the fact that they want to re-establish themselves as the number one uh, promotion in the UK and in Europe. Now, given that uh, they have um, been off for such a, such a long time, they're not, they're, not, they're not making any bones about no. the fact that this is going to be a year which is littered, actually stacked with Cage Warriors card. Now, they're going to be in Dublin. And uh, for me, one of the, one of the standouts which, who I will be looking at, I mentioned him earlier, will be Joe McCulligan. Oh, yeah. uh, McCulligan, sorry. And um, for me as well, I, I, the, the other standout who I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing is um, is Catherine Costigan again, who is actually um, has actually had a little bit of a hiatus uh, again around injury. But the thing is, this these. Joe, Joe McColgan and Catherine Costigan, for me, represent uh, a couple of bloody noses for Bama because Joe McColgan was uh, on Bama. I don't know the extent of the signing, but to have lost Joe McColgan and another signee, um, Catherine, McCos- uh, Catherine uh, Costigan, that I reckon you know is a is a is a, a again another bloody nose and another bloody nose I noticed. What's that? Do you reckon it's a telltale sign of where people would rather be? Or? Well, I'm not sure whether it's where they'd rather be. I think it's to do with, uh, well, a, a few factors. I'm just supposing. I don't know this for yeah. definite. But one, there is a stronger platform in terms of where people can see you when you go to Cage Warriors. Exactly. That's what, and that's what I mean. Is you can see their fights live on pa- Fight, fight Pass, pass yeah. wherever in the world you are. Exactly. As well as that, there does seem to be the opportunity to fight and fight frequently. Now, for me, those go hand in hand. As a fighter, you want to be seen and you want to be busy. Now, I don't know. You know, I think in one of the interviews which are coming up, that's going to be the main focus of my questioning. Why is it that there seems to be this kind of like slow trickle of talent which is actually leaving Bama and actually going to Cage Warriors? I feel like that's more than like like you said. You just stated two facts, which I'm sure many fighters would agree with. Mm. Is I do this because I enjoy it, but yes, I want as many eyes on me as possible, and I want to fight as much as possible. The reason, you know, because I enjoy it. Yeah. And um, you know, to be fair, Bama, you know, they're consistent, but not as consistent as the last say what I don't know how long the last six months of Cage Warriors. They say. It's been like bam, bam, but you know. There you go. Like, like you we go. just said, we, we spoke about a card not too long ago, and mm. then now already they've got one coming up this Saturday. Mm. I mean, again, another bloody nose. Martin Stapleton mm. has now left Bama as their champion, yeah. and actually is now fighting for wow. Cage Warriors. Do you know what I mean? And you know, even around the talent, the backstage talent, um, I'm looking at people like OJ Borg, who was a, actually a Bama presenter, is now again on Cage uh, Warriors. I was going to ask, do you think that um, the affiliation, because uh, you know, I was, th- I was thinking, why, why isn't Bama on um, Fight Pass? But is their affiliation with Bellator going to hinder anything like that? Happening? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that is. 
definitely um, the UFC's number one uh, competitor. Mm. And I think as well, if you look at Bama and Cage Warriors, well, they're competitors as well. So yeah, 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 true. Th- there's no way they could actually coexist on that platform. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a shame, man. But um, yeah, this card's looking to uh, be a cracker so far. I'm sure there's a few, they, few more they got to mention, right? Because on here, what we got the uh, we got Aaron Maguire versus Huey O'Rourke, and you got Lloyd Manning versus Paul McBain. Mm. As you mentioned, Catherine Costigan, she's going against Wendy McKinnon, McKenna. Um, then you got Arnold Quiero versus Joe McLaughlin, and then Carl Moore versus Josh Clark. I'm looking forward to seeing Carl Moore, I have to say. Mm. Like heavyweights, I have to say, it, 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 apart from heavyweights, it's my favourite division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, man. It's like there's a bit more movement than heavyweights, but you've you still got the power. But exactly, punch, yeah. exactly. I want to see some knockouts. <laughs> definitely, man. So that, that should be a good one. Make sure you catch that. And that's in uh, 3 Arena Dublin. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I'll be definitely watching that on Fight Pass this Saturday. It's definitely a stacked card. I mean, speaking of stacked cards, that neatly segues into ACB Manchester. Talk about names. Talk about star power. Talk about being stacked. Absolute championship. Man, this is a... Burkett. Yeah, it's definitely got... um, it's It's a very interesting card as well. I like that they've got people from all over the place. I like the fact that they've got names that we recognise. People like Kane Musa is going to be going up against Lewis Monarch. People like um, Max Nunes, who's, you know, Mm. been away for a while, not seen him in the UK for a while. He's going to be going up against Bartraz Agenev. And uh, people like, I mean, where where, where do we start? Mike Wilkinson versus Brendan Loftane. Now, they're going to be doing that all over again, running that back again as they fought Previously, Saul oh, Rogers versus yeah. Pat Healy, Vinnie Magalhaes versus Premislaw Mashala, yeah. and uh, it, it, I mean, for me though, stacked man. For me, it's 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 just a stacked night of yeah. fights. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Mamed of, or Mamed uh, Kalidov versus Luke Barnett for me, big slow boy. That is an incredible matchup. Given yeah. that, it's. Uh, known impossible to actually have any um, KSW fighter actually participate in any other European promotion. But for Mamed Kalidov being a champion to actually come over and actually fight on ACB, that's a big look. Yeah, how does that work then? So he's going to, whether he wins or loses, he'll go back and still be champion. Well, he is the KSW champion, yeah. so he will keep the KSW mm. belt. He's not actually fighting for a belt on the ACB, but, you know... He's headlining. In, in fact, you could actually build this as a champion versus champion because Mamed Kalidov is a champion of KSW. Mm. Luke Barnett is the Venator yeah, um, champion. Yeah, Venator, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting, that is, that he is... Okay, well, that's pretty cool. And then I guess whoever wins is going to walk around saying, I'm the unofficial... <laughs> I'm the unofficial um, Venator champ or unofficial KSW champ, right? <laughs> well, you see, that that's what makes this an inter- interesting matchup because, for me, Mamed Kaldilov is going to be fighting in May on the Coliseum card at KSW. And which is already booked, yeah. Which is already booked. Wow. 
now for me this is a little bit of a, a tricky situation but i just hope he gets through unscathed and I, I i'm loath to say that because i'm friends with luke yeah i love luke but i i, I just want to see Mamet Kalidov. i want to see him in the ksw yeah, cage okay. as well yeah oh dear well we see how that goes down yeah I, so i'm interested in seeing the saul rogers pat healy because uh it's a shame that Saul did so well on on the um on um tough tough yeah obviously yeah he, he messed up a bit and uh, mm. yeah, yeah he wasn't able to carry on but um and also I've always been a fan of Pat Healy's style yeah just you know he can just take that head of his can take some shots man <laughs> and so yeah that's going to be interesting but they're both good grapplers as well mm. um so that's what I'm looking forward to see is how they how they deal with each other. Um, obviously, Vinny, man, Vinny Magalesh in there. Um, I'm not going to try and mention, um, pronounce that guy's name. You did a pretty good job of it. <laughs> so, I don't want to show myself out, but that would be interesting as well. Um, but, man, the, the the amount of fights on this card already, uh, you know, it's got his mouth watering. So uh, it's got to be, and then, yeah, and then, like you said about Mike um, Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, them two definitely go at it. Mike uh, Wilkinson, Brendan Loftane yeah. have fought before. Now, yeah, that was look, a barn burner if I remember right. Mm, that was yeah, quite a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing it all over again. Incredible. Crazy. Manchester, yeah. March 11th. Manchester Arena. I have to say, a stacked card. And it's, I have to say, it's, um, it does seem to be the month for stacked cards because, you know, mm. we're, we're getting some serious, um, Serious talent actually being matched up the week after, which uh, does see the UFC roll around. Well, it's actually the, is it the week after or? Oh, no, no, okay. Yeah, sorry. The week after this, yeah. right? No, no, no. Got... It's, it's it's March 18th. So not next week. Oh, the week sorry, after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's Manor versus Anderson. Yeah. And um, a lot yeah, of people man. giving out about this online. And um, for me, it's not for want of trying did Jimmy Manua uh, end up with this opponent. He mm. actually, not that he calls people out, but he was trying to pursue the Glover Teixeira fight, Teixeira fight, which now has actually gone to Alexander Gustafsson. Gustafsson yeah. is now going to be fighting him um, the day after uh, KSW takes place on May the 28th in That's, Sweden yeah in Sweden yeah yeah now a lot of people need to be mindful of the fact that Jimmy has never backed down from any fight mm. Jimmy has always been looking to enhance his position in the rankings by fighting the best of the best and mm. it wasn't you know uh, with our well, he, he basically was pursuing the Teixeira fight before it got taken away and um, uh, we are where we are yeah and I guess and he's one of them guys that because you know, obviously we know who he are, who he is on on this side of the water. But because over there, not many people know who Jimmy Manua is. But fighters know how dangerous he is. Is I'm sure it's quite easy for them to say, nah, you know, because it's a high risk, it's like, like low reward sort of thing. So you go in there and you possibly lose. So say like someone like OSP mm. now losing to Manua has, has made people go, oh, wow, this man, like, especially He's how he... serious. Yeah, yeah. But look at his previous it. fight. I don't understand how you wouldn't have taken him seriously. Mm. The majority of his fights have actually ended in brutal yeah. fashion. And that yeah. is 
man's switch, man's light switch has been switched yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't understand how anybody could take him lightly. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think they do. I think that's the problem is that they don't, mm-hmm. fighters don't take him lightly and hence why not everybody in the upper echelon, in the top five say, are too quick to, to like fight him. Yeah. Because it's like, man, I could lose to this guy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, people have been talking, you know, the talk, talking a bit of trash about um, this card because it's not a whole bunch of massive names. I guess we were a little bit spoiled before because we had Bisping, Silva, yeah. you know, things like that. But but this is, it is what it is to, you know, coin a Dana White fry, phrase. This is on Fight <laughs> Whatever Pass. that means. This is on Fight Pass. It isn't a numbered event. Yeah, not only that, we're, we're not looking at um, an event here which does contain nobodies looking at it it's a who's on, who of it's the it's the best of british i mean you've got mark d casey on there you've got Ooh. tom Brees on there you've got um leon rocky edwards on there you've got uh, brad pickett now for me that alone we're not even we haven't not even touched on people um like gunner nelson yeah. Now, okay, he's not a Brit, but I'm looking at names which I recognise. But and my he's main European. Point is this. Yeah, my he's main point of this, it's the best of Europe. Yeah, it's definitely some of the best. Like And like you said, Leon Edwards is up there for sure. Um, him versus Luque, that's, you know, you kind of guarantee there's going to be <laughs> blood sweat going on there. Breeze versus Bambose. Mm. Like, if people haven't seen Bambose, that guy's crazy, man. Like, mm. he's got some... I think he came from like a kind of karate background or something, right? Right. Or some form of like traditional Mi- yeah, martial arts. Martial arts. Yeah. That you you know, you from watching movies, you kinda from that watching movies and whatnot. Yeah. And then um so you know, I've seen some of the movies he's pulled off that I mean like, wow, this guy's kinda crazy. Mm. And of course Breeze, he's like he goes into bang, so that's gonna be very interesting. Um, Jacasey, if you haven't seen his last couple fights in the UFC, spectacular. Yeah, yeah, he's been fun, and he, you know, he's even faced adversity. He's like, damn near looking like he's losing, and yeah. then come back winning. Yeah. Um, and then Stewart done really well in um, Brazil. I remember he got a quick KO out in Brazil, which was overturned. Yeah, which was overturned, mm. unfortunately. But he won that fight, man. Yeah, you know, of course we, he did. We know what was going on there. Yeah. And you got like, come on, Reza Madadi. Everyone knows. The Mad Dog. Exactly. He's versus cra- Patrick du- uh, versus um Duffy. Joe Duffy. Joe man. Duffy. And the thing is, like, the only thing I'd say is that Madadi does seem like he's calmed down a lot from his whole Mad Dog days. He doesn't seem like the same, you know, obviously that whole he got arrested and went to jail or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's come out and he still he kinda has the look, but in terms of his when he's fighting the, the intensity isn't there. Yeah, the I'm, intensity I'm isn't there yeah. as well. But I mean, fo- facing someone like Joe Duffy, you know you're gonna. It's gonna be a cool fight, man. Oh, definitely, watch. definitely. Um, then look, and this is one that no one's even mentioning that I think is like this might end up being fight of the night. Um, Arnold Allen versus Makwan Amir Khani. Yeah. What? Like Arnold <laughs> Allen is on point when he got. I think he might have only lost one fight so far in the UFC. If that, I'm not even sure, but he's really on point. Very technical in his striking. And um, he he handles his wrestling really well as well. And Amir Khani's a crazy ass wrestler, you know. Like he fights out of SBG now, yeah. right? Um, so it'd be interesting to see where his his um, striking game is now. But his wrestling has always been up there, you know, like high level wrestling. So mm. yeah, all that talk about oh man, this card, this UFC card, man, ain't this, ain't that. It's like 
you lot just need to watch more fights and and try and remember who you've been watching. Try and watch the prelims or so you know what I mean, and yeah, actually yeah. take in because there are some definitely high caliber fighters on this on this card, man. I think we touched on it slightly, but I think you know just to go in a little bit in depth. And uh, for those of you who are big fans of Brad Pickett, you will know that he fights um, his last fight uh, against Henry Briones mm. on the 18th of March. Oh, so and he's, he's, he's actually he's, he's officially hanging his gloves yeah. up. He'll be leaving those gloves in front, well, in, in the middle of the Octagon. Now, we spoke at length and the interview is actually coming out today. It will be uh, showcased on Bloody Elbow in probably about three hours time, it being the 28th of yeah. February. So. But anyway, cut long story short, um, this, I have to say, is an intriguing fight because I want him to actually leave on a high. I want him to actually have the fairy tale ending. He's due it. Mm. He has enthralled us. He has actually um, presented some fantastic matchups, some fantastic fights. He's a come forward fighter. And yeah, for sure. Come th- th- forward. There, is, there is no shadow of a doubt that I've never seen him in a boring fight. Mm. So I want him to have that fairy tale ending. But more importantly, I just want him to leave that legacy behind where we in our minds can remember the best of Brad Pickett. Brad Pickett yeah, for sure. I, I think we will see that because um Briones is always he's always ready to fight as well. Mm. Like uh, they you know, so two guys that don't back down um facing each other. And I believe you know, when it if, if it's a time for Pickett to leave it all in the octagon, yeah. like leave it all in the cage, I think this is gonna be the time in his hometown in London. Um, you know he's gonna have a whole like Pickett has had fans from day one. Oh, definitely. You know, in the when you see him walking around, there's always a bunch of people following him, mm. and, you know, around the arena and that. So um, yeah, he, he'll definitely be missed, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that this this fight is gonna be one that we'll remember him for. You know. See again, I don't want to sound like the Brad Pickett fan club, but he <laughs> gets it. He doesn't necessarily have to call you out, mm. but. He will say, I want to fight this, that, and the third. I Mm. think that this will be a really good challenge for me. Don't give me any easy fights. I want this man. I want that man. But as well as that, he gets the whole branding thing. If you look at the jeans, if you look at the braces, if you look at the trilby hat hat, and the newspaper and coming out to Chaz and Dave, Dave, there is a certain (laughs) brand which you actually appreciate that he brings to the octagon. And I will sadly miss that. Yeah, yeah. That bare knuckle, just, you know, that whole vibe that he's got. Yeah. Yeah, definitely reminiscent of you know, bare knuckle fighters. Like, I believe it was his pups or his granddad was a, a bare knuckle but fighter. I, I think it was either his dad or his, yeah. his granddad. Yeah, yeah. He, he was and, a fighter. Uh, you know, he, he definitely um, brings that with him uh, whenever he's walking into the cage. Mm. And yeah. then, um, uh, we've mentioned this already, but yeah, I mean, if you're sleeping on Gunnar Nelson versus um, Alan Joban, I don't, I don't really know what to say to you, man. Cause <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? Happy face versus sad face. New, or should I say neutral face? <laughs> Joe Biden's always got that. You know, he looks like Clark Kent. You know what I mean? He's, super, he's got the super bad look. And then you've got um, Gunnar Nelson who just has that straight, you know, the smiley face. If you're trying to pick a, a um, emoji, it would be the straight faced one. The one that doesn't have any expression. No emotion. When he's happy, he looks like that. When yeah. he's sad, he yeah. looks like that. Yeah, Mr. No Emotion. And a crazy ass grappler when it comes to grappling grappling he's he's definitely on a level mm, um, jiu-jitsu is yeah jiu-jitsu is ridiculous mm. so it's going to be interesting to see whether this stays standing or it's going to go to the ground yeah yeah um and jaban always you like he's always in an exciting fight man 
definitely like whether he's winning or losing you know and they're the they're the sort of fighters that we really want to see regardless of whether you're winning or losing mm. you're still putting on a great show uh, i believe he's one of them guys just before we we head over to um ufc 209 and give our main card picks for that i know we didn't actually set this up in terms of picks but for the main card, who have you got? I mean, um, for for the main event, Let's Manuel try. versus Anderson. I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on Manuel Anderson, where that's actually going to be heading, because I see so, that being a short night for Anderson. Yeah. It will end in a brutal KO in the first. Yeah, I feel like um, Anderson's got that style. He's got the pitter-patter. You know, he'll keep um, hitting you with, with punches. Uh, mainly, and then he'll try and take it to the grappling aspect. Um, but he, the weird thing about him is that he doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot, <laughs> you know. But he, he, it's, it, you know, it, it accumulates. You know Body, what I mean? And by yeah. the end, and then he's, he's also his cardio is very up there. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The only stuff that I'm kind of worried about is that he's, he's, he's got, got a bit more movement um, than Manuel when it, you know he's definitely on his toes a bit more. But when Jimmy connects. You know what I mean? Like Lights we said, out. man, <laughs> when he folded <laughs> Ovid like a deep neck time. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So and Anderson can get clipped, man. Like he he does a lot of moving around, but he can get clipped. I just hope that um, Jimmy's because obviously this is going to be a five rounder. So I think if it happens, it's going to be like round two or three uh, where Jimmy just catches him with one of the power moves, boy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that yeah, left hand KO. Is brutal. Yeah, I think I'll go with Jimmy on that. On the fact that his his um, knuckle game is pretty crazy, man, and oh. his kicks as well. <laughs> um, and then, so we going through the whole the whole main event? Or no, no, no. I was just intrigued as to what you thought as yeah, the Yeah, I, I, I feel of like uh, out of the two, Jimmy is more than likely to get it. But if Anderson wins, it will be a decision thing. Mm. Um, you know, after the five rounds and him doing a whole lot of dancing and pitter pattering, and I can't see this going to a decision. Mm. I just can't, for the life of me. Um, see this going past two rounds. Like I say, yeah, I, I think yeah. that it will be done in the first. I really do, but wow. I can't yeah, actually I, I see, can see it. it. I can see going it, man, because Jimmy's power is just ridiculous. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Anderson was a bit shook to get in there with him. Because, like we're saying, you know, and like like he was stating, he, yeah. he was trying to get some decent fight. Well, not to say it's not a decent fight, but he was trying to get some higher caliber fighters mm -hmm. and it weren't happening. And I can see, you can see why, man. The guy's... You know, he's a beast when it comes to like, when it comes to them strikes, man. He oh, definitely, play. definitely. Now, that kind of like neatly segues into um, just whilst we're on picks, our mm. picks for UFC 209 which takes place this coming Saturday. Now, this is a hard one. It's mate. a stack card, I have to say, mm. considering that we are only in February. This, I have to say, so far this year is, is my favourite. Now, I know we're, we're just going to be taking our main card picks, but I just think it would be remiss of me not to mention that we've got two Brits who are actually going to be on the card, and that's yeah. Mark Godbeer and um, Paul Craig. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, uh, I like the original matchup where Mark Godbeer was actually going to be fighting Todd Duffy. Now that Duffy has actually pulled out, he's fighting Daniel Spitz. Oh. I, I don't know how to actually call this 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 fight. I don't know who's actually going to win, but I just thought I'd point out the fact that, you know, uh, there's first of all been a change in the opponent, but secondly, um, you know, Mark Godbeer was actually on the card, mm. if you didn't know already. 
Now, my other also ran will be Paul Craig, who seems to be on a tear at the moment. Okay, he's had his UFC uh, debut, which went incredibly well for him, ended in a submission. But um, I've been watching Craig since his Bama days. Um, Paul Craig, I have to mm. say, we've done some backstage shoots and backstage chicanery where um, I was trying to actually instigate those two. Um, that's um, Chris Fields and um, oh, right. and uh, Paul Craig getting them to to, to, to to fight each other. And that looked like it was going to happen. But, you know, obviously he got the UFC call up, so that didn't. But since then, I have to say, because of his gameness, because of the fact that he's uh, very much a fun guy, I do like him. And plus, he's not backwards in coming forward because what a lot of people didn't see uh, when I shot that video, um, taking you back to Bama mm. and what happened backstage and the whole... Um, way that was all set up. I was actually um, outside of SBG's changing room and I said to, to Paul, <laughs> look. With your instigator jacket With my on. instigator jacket and hat on, I said, look, I want to see you two fight. And he was like, yeah, come on, come on, man, let's, let's, let's do it. Anyway, that's my best Scottish accent. And, Don't and do I said, that look, again. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, um, Chris has literally just won and he'll be coming up now. Mm. Why don't you have a chat with him and I'll be rolling the cameras and let's see what happens. Wow. Well, it kind of like, like uh, yeah, it, it kind of like escalated into, how can I put it? When this whole conversation was taking place, unbeknownst to me, behind me, SBG fighters were coming out of the changing room behind me and there oh, were wow. people like, you know, um, John Phillips. They were big name, big money guys, big uh, ticket guys <laughs> coming out of the changing room. Yeah. And you see, you know, the, the whole little kind of like confrontation happening between uh, Paul Craig and uh, Chris Phillips. Now, Paul Craig didn't back down, bearing in mind that all of these people were now crowding around and like trying to uh, intimidate yeah, 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 yeah. In, 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 in a certain way. He wasn't having none of it. So, I, 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 all of that didn't actually make it onto uh, the finished or the finalised cut. But I have to say, massive balls has Paul Craig. Wow. He wasn't backing down in the face Dude. of adversity. It was just him there on his own, on his own backing it. Wow. That's backing deep. it. That's deep, boy. Okay. <laughs> that shows a lot, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jeez. So that's an, that would definitely be an interesting fight to watch them. Mm. Oh, definitely. You got someone like that with that kind of with them kind of kishkis. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. But let's 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 neatly segue into um, the first fight on the main card, which is Overeem versus Hunt. Now, yeah, I was going to say my one pick that I'd say oh, one to watch yeah, would sorry. be um, Bektik, Mursad Bektik versus Darren Elkins. That's on the. Um, Why are you so interested preview. in that one? Well, I, I think Bektik, man, he's. You know, he's one of them guys that's up and coming. He's still up and coming, but he just seems to have a lot of energy when it comes to getting into the into the cage. Mm. Um, great, um, definitely great wrestling and grappling, but he, and his striking is coming up as well. And he, he seems like one of them guys that you know, in the, give it two three years time, he'd probably be up there in the title picture. You know, like right, um, okay, and then Elkins. I just got I like these the the gr gritty blue collar. Like can take a good clumping, you know. Darren Elkins, them Evan Dunham type fighters, where nobody really knows who they are because yeah. they're not like the big talkers or they haven't got like this crazy physique or whatever. But then when they get in there, they really test the fighter, mm -hmm. you know. Like some people want to call—I don't believe he is—but some people want to call them like gatekeepers or whatnot. 
where it's like, okay, you got an up and coming fighter, put him against him and see how well he does. Yeah. And then we can see whether he's ready or not. But I feel like Elkins now, he's gone over to um um to well, to Faber's camp, um Tam. Uh, Uriah Faber Yeah Uriah Faber's camp uh, So he's over with uh, Oh man I hate when that happens Don't you hate when that happens <laughs> Yeah uh, Alpha Mel Alpha Mel Yeah Team yeah. Alpha Mel And um, That He's changed You know His style has actually Adapted pretty well now Yeah Because of that And um, so I'm really interested to see, I wouldn't be surprised To see Elkins win I'm sure a lot of people Will favour Bectic more mm. Because of his style And he's quite wild And you know very like very high pace, very high energy style. But man, you can't put Elkins away that easily, you know. Like this guy could take some licks, yeah, and he just doesn't look like he could do what he does. <laughs> and I love that. I love that, man. So that would be one that I'd say one to watch. And I always tell people like whenever Elkins or someone like that is on the card, I always say like check that fight though. And then people are like, man, that guy's pretty, you know, he's really interesting. So sorry, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because okay. you know. I believe people need to watch these fights. But as you're saying, now it's time to pick. I don't really know. I still, up to this point, I think there's only one of the fights on this main card that I can say for sure I think this guy's going to win. Well, let's get into uh, it. But yeah, let's, we'll try. Mark Hunt uh, will face Alex uh, Overeem. Oof. And yeah. um, I have to say, I'm a little bit on the fence on this, but gun to head, Jeez. I'm going to go with Alistair Overeem. Only because, mm. only because, okay, for me, um, the raw power, the mm. size of the man, but still he's agile, takes it for me. I hear what you're saying. It's um, the thing about Overeem. Have they fought before, by the way? Did they fight in Pride at all? I think you might be right. Yeah, I'm I feel like they up, have, but I, I think, think you might be right. The thing about, this is the thing for me about this fight is that Mark Hunt hits like a tank, yeah? Mm. And he's got quite a chin on him as well. Like Samoans, I always feel like there's a certain a bunch of people that they don't get knocked out that easily. Not to say they don't get knocked out, but I believe Hawaiians, you know? So a lot of the Polynesian, like Hawaiians, Samoans, Russians as well. And um, there's someone else. But I feel like they're quite hard to knock out. Really? Yeah. I, I, you, you know, there's a lot of fights I've watched and I'm like, man, this guy's taking... Serious punishment. Yeah, but yeah. he's not you're not knocking him out. Mm. So Mark Hunt, he's only been I don't even think he's really he's had TKOs, not necessarily like out, like where am I type type um knockouts, you know? Yeah. But more so a technical knockout. Whereas over him, you know, his chin he's of late yeah. obviously the last uh, bunch of years actually, but has been questionable. But I feel like once he went over to Jackson's and kind of his style switched a bit more where he was uh, um, more defensive um, and he, he kept his distance a lot more as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely working more on, on the um, switching stances as well. So because of that, I could totally understand why you feel like he'd win. Over but I feel like Mark Hunt might catch him. Okay. And if he does, you know where Overeem does that thing where he's up against the cage and he doesn't drop, but he's knocked out. You know, like yeah, he's out on yeah, his feet yeah, yeah. and he's just got to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could kind of see that happening. And I feel like Angry Mark Hunt as well might be the reason why. Because, you know, all the stuff that's been happening to him. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he's just fighting because he wants to get out of his contract now. He can't actually get out of it and he needs to make money. Um, so I believe he'll want... You know, all that time he's had off, he'll also want a win. 
Um, so I'm gonna go for Hunt with this one, mm. and um, yeah, we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, but I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Next, Next up, up, Lando Venata, David Timor. Mm. Who you got? For this one, I got Venata, man. Uh, Groovy Lando is definitely fast becoming one of my, um, you know, one of the fighters I really enjoy watching. He, you know, I felt like he got, you know, we gave him runner-up, but he definitely got a KO of the year um, representer right there with what he did to, um, oh, who did he do it to again? Oh, McDessy. See, I had to remember my lyrics then just to... <laughs> But yeah, he got a crazy spinning um, kick knockout of McDessie. This is going to be fun as well because David Timor is more of a striker. Mm. Um, so it, it feels like it's going to be a stand-up war. But I feel like um, Lando, he you know he fights out of Jackson's. He's good friends with Cub Swanson. And they both, you know, Cub's another one of my favorite fighters where, because they've got such an unorthodox style of striking. Okay. So you never really know where it's coming from. Um, because of that, as, and because he seems so calm as well, uh, in the cage, I'm going to go with Venata on that. How about you? I'm going with Timor only because he's got a 73-inch reach. He's more of a striker. Mm. Plus, his leg reach is 41 inches. So mm. this is going to be, for me, um, and, and, and again, I'm guessing uh, him being a Swede, I don't want to cast any aspersions here, but I'm guessing that he's straight out of All-Stars. And, you know, I mm. think um, okay. the All-Stars camp is pretty formidable. See, the other thing I think about as well is w when they're traveling. Mm. Like, this fight is going to be in Vegas. Yeah. And then you notice that there's a lot of, well, it, I, I can't say it always happens, but we we kind of tend to forget about jet lag and traveling time and yeah. all these little things that kind of, it can be a bit annoying. I travel a lot and mm. traveling is actually the most tiring part of, you know, when you're working abroad because you're going from this time zone to that time zone and yeah. queuing up and you know, sitting in this tight little, you know, space for five, six hours or whatever. And all those sort of things sometimes for me, for me can feel like that's going to affect a fighter, um, you know, that's been traveling. So you, it always feels like people that travel all the way from Japan to America or from Brazil, you know, unless they've come in at a decent time, like a good couple of weeks before. Which I guess would risk. be the case. Mm. And I think yeah. as well... Okay. Given that we're not talking about Australia, the mm, travel time true. is, what, roughly six hours? Plus, as well as that, you'll know yourself, having mm. done so many travels, um, when you actually get into the environment, you're switched on. Mm. That's all that's yeah. in your focus. And you forget about the travel. You yeah. forget about, you know, the whole journey over. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. Right, yeah, I'll stick with Lando because, uh, yeah, he's a very interesting character. Next up is, um, man, is this happening though? Rashad Evans. Is this? Don't jinx it. Yeah. Daniel <laughs> Kelly. Yes, definitely it's happening. Ask, I'm, I'm glad that he's got through the whole um, uh, brain scan. Uh, and, that was uh, Well, that was a kind of weird, didn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's how they actually classified it and it's how they're actually um, erring on the side of caution, which I think is right, to be honest with you. It's obviously in a situation or it, it, it's been an ongoing situation, but it depends which commission is actually yeah. looking at it. Yeah. And I'm just glad to see Rashad Evans back in back, yeah. the cage. And um, to be honest with you, I think this is going to be a short night for Kelly. This is clearly a tune-up fight. This is clearly something which um, Rashad Evans is going to use to get the ring rust off. And uh, I'm going definitely with Rashad Evans. Yeah, I, I think I'll go with Rashad as well. But I, 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 to be honest, I, I feel like Kelly, he's one of them guys, he's, you know, you kind of put him in that realm as well, in the sort of Dunham, you know, um, Elkins realm where 
he, you don't expect it, but the guy can take a lick. Yeah. Uh, the difference is, I'd say, he, he seems a bit slower in terms of striking and whatnot, but he, his idea is usually to get in there, get you on the ground and submit you, right? And the only thing I'm worried about now in terms of Evans is, like, when was his last fight? You know, how long ago was his last fight? It was quite a while ago, and is that going to affect how he feels once he's in there with all the noise, you know, Las Vegas, back in the UFC. Hopefully not. Um, so, I, I mean, off the calibre, mm. I'd go with Evans because I feel like, you know, he, he should take this because he's got a lot more experience as well as the fact that, um, you know, he's got heavy hands as well when he wants to. He's got good um, good kicks, good striking, and he's already got the wrestling. So, Hopefully he can keep a judoka away yeah. with that wrestling. Mm. Um, we'll wait and see, obviously. But yeah, for my pick, I'll go with Evans. Even though I'm a bit worried about the ring rust situation, you know, mm, the cage mm, rust mm. thing. Um, but being that he he's he's done, you know, he's been there, done it all. Uh, I think Evans would be the the smart pick for that. So I'm going to go with that one as well. Mm, definitely. Then up next, this one's a hard one, man. The co-main event versus number one lightweight. Khabib Namigabedov. I said that right. Khabib Namig- That's probably the first time I've had to say his name like that. Khabib. Khabib, sorry. Yeah. Khabib Namigabedov versus Tony Ferguson. The mm. Eagle versus El Kukui. Mm. What the hell is going to happen here? <laughs> I do not know. All I know is both have great wrestling. Yeah. One of them has, um, you know, a bit better striking than the other. I wouldn't even say a bit better. I'd say Tony Ferguson is definitely the... Um, more the elite striker um, but Khabib is Russian and like I said Russians don't get knocked out easy bro <laughs> you don't, I mean Mexicans as well that's it that's the other lot yeah. so Mexicans <laughs> Hawaiians and Russians I feel like they don't get knocked out that easily for some reason like whatever there is in their food like you know what I mean that's cement for the chin basically yeah. your body turns that into cement for the chin so I don't know um this, I mean, we've been talking about like doing these picks for the last couple of days, mm. and I still couldn't even watching tape, and I still like, man, I don't know who's gonna win in this one. I feel like if anything, um, Tony's probably got the advantage in in the fact that he's striking, you know, his um, his reach as well because of the reach and the fact that he's he's already got a high caliber wrestling background. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore, you know, you've seen him roll out of takedowns or, mm. you know, he'll do some wild stuff that mm. might throw Khabib off. I know a lot of people were talking about how Khabib got caught by um, Anthony Johnson in their last fight. But watching it back, it felt like that might not have hurt him as much as it as Rogan made it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, man, them ch- the chin on that guy. So, you know, all now I'm still like, I don't know, but... I'd probably go with Khabib because of the fact that, you know, he, he's faced a bit of adversity before and still managed to... When you're talking to your boss whilst beating a guy up, <laughs> telling you know, there's not, it's not much... Else. And then the other thing is as well, is it feel... Like, I like Tony Ferguson's personality. I don't think there's much wrong with it because I've grown up with guys similar to that. Like, a lot of Moroccan guys have a similar kind of vibe, you know, yeah, yeah, in West yeah. London. But I've noticed a lot of people don't like his personality. They think he's... Cocky, cocky, they think he's this and that. Yeah. They like Khabib because of the accent thing, and you know, but he's cocky as well. But it's kind of cute because of the accent, you know. Um, but what I think is that um, I feel like Tony hasn't been as 
he hasn't been the same Ferguson that we've seen before. It, yeah. it feels like he, there is a bit of pressure here because he's facing a guy who's, you know, what is he, 23 and 0, 24 and 0. And um, so basically, he has never lost a fight. Mm. Um, you know, that's questionable. Like he's mentioned about the Glayson Tebow thing. People have said that Khabib lost that. But it was still a decision sort of situation. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. It wasn't, so, you know, that's down to the judges and whatnot. And for me, it's just the fact that I, I, I feel like it could go either way quite easily. I feel like Ferguson's striking will probably be the reason he wins, whether it be the striking turns it into grappling and then he gets um, Khabib's back and whatnot. But I feel like Khabib is just on some another level when it comes to, you know, like what he did to uh, um, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Mm. Um, you know, there's a few people where he's just been ragdolling them the whole fight, you yeah. know. And I feel like he could do that to Ferguson. Um, and Ferguson already shown, he has shown that he can face adversity as well with Lando. But I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to lean to Khabib because I just feel like he's going to be a hard one to knock out. And if um, Ferguson is going to win, that's how he'd win by knockout. I think you kind of makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. You you touched on it yourself. Uh, I think that this is going to be a one-sided ragdolling mm. by Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov because of the Sambo wrestling, because mm. of the fact that we're looking at somebody who is unbeaten in 24 fights. Yeah. Now that is an impressive record, but you know a lot of people say, oh, okay, well, what's the caliber of uh, what opponents he's fought? Top notch. I'm sorry, you can't use that yeah. argument here. Plus, the way that I look at it is this. One has grown up, Tony Ferguson, mm. actually wrestling human beings. The other has grown <laughs> up wrestling bears. There is just no contest. Khabib yeah. Nurmagomedov is going to take this for me because that nicely sets up Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov in Russia. And and think about this as well. The whole thing about McGregor has been... Yeah, but he ain't face a fight, uh, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he faces... Um, Mendez, yeah, and then uh, I don't know why I did that. I did a little <laughs> short. Yeah, he faced Mendez, and um, then it was yeah, but Mendez didn't have a full camp. You know, so you know, if he's got, if it's like okay, you need to prove yourself against a wrestler. Yeah, who better than um, you know, Khabib? Who better than like a guy that wrestles bears, <laughs> who grew up wrestling bears or whatever? Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, and, and like you said, but either way, I would not be mad if Ferguson was the one to face. Um, um, McGregor McGregor after mm. I just feel like from at this moment and watching their interviews I've still got to watch the countdown actually I'm going to watch that later today but it feels like Ferguson isn't the same it's available on WoTV.com by yeah. the way oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> very good plug as he plugged there yeah it feel, I just feel like he's not the same like he's speaking he's talking the talk and he's walking the walk and everything but yeah. you can just the stuttering and the look in the eyes and the slightly sort of frustrated sound in his voice as well, you know, like almost like he feels like everybody's expecting Khabib to just, you know, roll over him. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. But we'll see, man. I'm really looking forward to that fight for sure. And uh, finally. So that's our picks for that. And mm. finally, mm. God damn, how do you choose with this one? Quite easily. Tyron Ridley versus Stephen Thompson for me. It's going to be the Tyron Woodley show. I tell you why. He knows that his go-to is his phenomenal wrestling. Yeah. He can dominate Stephen Thompson with wrestling, but didn't do that in the last fight. Now, for me... You don't think so? No, definitely not. 
Definitely not. He he basically admitted it himself. There was so much that he could have actually relied on and could have actually gone to that he didn't. And I think that we've seen the best of Stephen Thompson. We've seen every single facet true. of his game in his last fight, but we've not seen Tyron Woodley. Mm. Now, for me, Tyron Woodley knows where his head's at. He knows what he should be doing mm. and will execute that. Tyron Woodley, yeah, I mean, definitely I, taking this one. I feel like Woodley won the last fight. Yeah, you so know, do I. I think that whole this the <laughs> he, he and he aptly stated. Steve Harvey moment. He felt like it was, uh, yeah. I guess now you could say an Oscars moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt that was a bit weird. They made it a draw. I feel like he definitely had um, three rounds, if not four. And you know the damage uh, had him on the ground. You know, probably a ten-eight round. Like there's all these. When you watch it after, you can be like, "Well, that's a bit of a messed up decision." You know, mm. I think Woodley deserved to win that. And like you said, we didn't. You know, I felt like he did do pretty well in the wrestling aspect, but I guess it was one or two rounds that he took him down, right? Um, uh, uh, yeah, and then he when he went for the um, guillotine choke, I think he messed up there because that didn't look like he should have gone for that guillotine then either. Yeah, you was, know, and uh, then you're obviously gonna wear. He was got, trying it, and it wasn't obviously. Yeah, not. he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Like their muscles are gonna gonna feel that. Then. But I feel like his game plan, like of whatever him and Sage have been working at, I think it's really cool that he's got. Um, uh, their coach, sorry, um, you know the striking coach. Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name again, man. Um, but you know he's got a really good striking coach with mm. him. Um, that's going to help in that aspect, you know, like the whole distance thing. What he did there, he, you know, he kind of nullified what Wonder Boy was really good at. Yeah, you know, and that made it even more interesting. And then when he, you know, he doesn't like the word, but explosive how explosive <laughs> he is by the but way he, I'm black Woodley he, so I'm he not being racist explosive. he is explosive though there's no other way to yeah, yeah, yeah. describe it I think what it is for him is like when that's all you hear yeah here's a good example I can give you when I first started coming out people were calling me a punchline rapper mm. a punchline is like you know you 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 blah 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 like all metaphors or you know you're saying something that's quite funny and you're you're painting a picture in a way that people go oh yeah I never thought of it like that or whatever yeah 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 so people they were, oh yeah, he's the best punchline rapper, best punchline rapper. And I started to feel like I'm not just a punchline rapper. I can tell mm. you stories, mm. you know, I, I can rap about I can rap about whatever I want. But it did start to get on my nerves a bit. So I had a bit of a Ty- Tyron Woodley moment in terms of why is everybody calling me a punchline rapper? But instead of dwelling Taking on positively. Yeah I, yeah, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna make the whole song a punchline. I'm gonna make the whole album, you know, in that, yeah, on that yeah, level. Yeah. If I can put that much um, creativity into just one line mm. and people call it the punch line you know let me make it the punch track or the punch album or the punch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so in that sense I can understand why when all everybody says is he's explosive oh, or right. he's a uh, um, what's the other thing you know Rogan will always say he's a freak of nature <laughs> yeah it kind of makes you feel like oh just because I'm black and I'm muscly mm. that's why that's what I am so I, I definitely feel his frustration on that but I think now is his time to prove that, okay, I'm more than that. I love the way he's talking. Like, now he, he doesn't just sound like, I guess this is what I should say. Now it sounds like, nah, this is how I feel. I'm yeah. going to be the best welterweight of all time. We're going to get in there, and I'm going to deal with him. There's none of this, like, oh, you know, judges and blah, blah, blah. Like, forget all of that. I'm just going to deal with him. So, for that, I'm definitely going to go with Woodley. Um, also, because I feel like Thompson, as good as he is... 
when it came, unless you, if you, if he can't defend your takedown, yeah, and he's on the ground, he hasn't got, he's not really a grappler, so there's not much he can do. So once you've got him down, all he can do is try to get back up, as yeah, opposed yeah. to what Condit would do, which is elbows and you know try and even submit you from the ground or whatever. Mm, mm. And so I think now Woodley's got that in mind as well. Like this wasn't too long ago. And that's all you had. I don't think you're going to learn what you need to learn exactly in that time. With that. And because of that, I feel hope. You know, I say hopefully, but as long as he sort of um, sticks to that sort of game plan, uh, I think he should get this one. So yeah, I'm going to go for Woodley on that. We're going to watch this this Saturday. Is it Saturday or yeah, Sunday over th- th- here? This Saturday will be Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Sunday morning over mm-hmm. here, and uh, we'll find out what happens. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, <laughs> man. Well, that neatly wraps up this week's episode of the Wocast. I have been Michael Morgan and... I have been my Stiggy, a.k.a. the voice of chocolate velvet cake for all you mother lovers. Now, for those people who actually <laughs> want to interact with us, you can visit the website, which is wotv.com, the all-new website. I have to say, spectacular mm. website. Probably one of the best websites in UK. No, European, no, hey. worldwide Hey, Media. Mike, give me that trumpet. Let me put it down for you, man. You're blowing your own chocolate. <laughs> You're no, not we just, lying, we just, just recently had it re- redesigned, so go and check that out. Oh, but you can interact with us there, or you can head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash WOMMA, or you can actually interact with us on Twitter, which is at WOTV, or my yeah. own personal account, which is Mike. Woe TV on Twitter. How about yourself, Mr. My Stiggy? You can catch me on at My Stiggy, which is M Y S D I double G I. My mother says I've been trouble since I was knee high. <laughs> <laughs> we started with bars and we're ending with some credible bars through you. <laughs> Appreciated, man. Hey, fight fans, we'll speak to you again very soon. Until next time, make some trouble.